Is his name Saul or is it Paul? Either way, the guy gets elected by God and kicked off a horse. Welcome to Daily Gospel, equipping you to know God through His Word and His Son, Jesus Christ. My name is Keith, and this is Brandon, and we are pastors here in Santa Cruz, California at Gospel Community Church. Welcome, like, subscribe, comments, all that good stuff. Mm. Where are we at in the Bible today, Brandon? We are in the book of Acts. We are smack dab in the middle. Love it. Um, we're going to be looking at what really is, we're kind of at the tail end of the first half of the, the Gospel or the Gospel of Acts, the book of Acts which is the longest book in the New Testament. So we're going to be in this for five weeks total. Mm-hmm. We're on week three. We, we've we seen this movement uh, of God's people from Jerusalem at the yep. beginning to Samaria in chapter eight, and that's where we left off. Yep. We're going to see the conversion of Saul, mm-hmm. and then we will look at the, the Gentiles coming to faith. So chapters 10 cool. uh, through 12 will focus on the Gentiles and Peter's mission to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And then the book after that will basically focus entirely on Paul. Yep. Or he'll be the main character, right? Yeah. There's other people that are mentioned, but but he is the main character from chapter 13 to the very, very end. Yeah. You mean Saul, right? He's Saul, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Paul Saul. Yeah, Paul Saul. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Luke, no, or, gosh, <laughs> I'm just uh, muddled today. The Gospel of Luke. Uh, the Gospel of Luke. Yeah. yeah. Acts. Chapter nine, such a great chapter. Yeah, pretty cool. Now, if you if you uh, when you were reading it, you kind of like skimmed over it. You weren't thinking. You'll have two more ch- chances to read the conversion story of Saul <laughs> in the book of Acts. But uh, but this this one is is great. Um, so this story is mentioned three times because it's so important. Mm-hmm. And I forget who said it, but someone I was I was reading was saying this kind of you know in the Gospel of Luke we have ch- chapter fifteen. The stories of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost sons. Mm-hmm. And here, this is sort of a picture of that. God taking someone who's lost. Paul is kind of older brother, younger brother, kind mm-hmm. of a mixture of both mm-hmm. from the prodigal son story. And he's rebelling against God, and God's going to take him, bring him back to faith. It's it's awesome. And this understanding Luke, or gosh, this is going to be all day, <laughs> isn't it? Understanding Acts chapter 9 will help us to understand Paul's writings, because Paul's yeah. writings reflect his own conversion story. What right. he experienced in was true. Yeah. So Paul is breathing threats and murder in chapter nine, verse one. Great job, Paul. So Great his job. heart is against God's people. He has a. He's part of a system that's against God's church. Yeah. He's he's really the the attack dog of the high priests, and he is planning to stop God's church. So he mm-hmm. has letters giving him authority to jail believers. Mm-hmm. And so he's heading to Damascus to do this work, yep. to follow the Christians who have fled from that area because of his persecution. And on the way, God shows up and changes his plan. Yep. It's great. Verse 3, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm. So obviously here, Jesus is appearing, and he's saying to to Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right. So it's not the church that he's persecuting, it's Jesus himself. Mm. Later we'll see that Jesus also says at this point, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Mm. So goad is like a pokey you know, thing. You probably know better than I do. You you kind of have been around farms more yeah, than I I've have. I've never used a goad, though. Oh, that's, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I've used a lunge line. I've used a um, lasso. Oh, I know what a lasso is. Yeah. So it's, it's a rope thing. Yeah, rope thing. Um, 
So he's saying you, God is prodding you and moving you, and you're going against God's will. That's not going to work. Yeah. God is the one who's in charge. And so he gives gives Saul orders. He gives Saul orders. How verse dare six. God be so <laughs> commanding? Wow. Yeah, how dare he be so sovereign? Yeah. Verse 6, rise and enter the city, and you'll be told what you are to do. So he doesn't say, hey, if you could really just believe in me, that'd be awesome. He just gives Saul orders. And he's going to change him into the Apostle Paul. Yep. And Ananias then is involved. So, what, you know, sorry, I, I skipped ahead of here. Verse 9 says, For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So he was blinded by God's power. Kicked off a horse. And he's sitting yep. there just dumbstruck. Is that a word? And just staring <laughs> off into space, not eating or drinking. I mean, what could be going through his mind right now? <laughs> Everything he's done has gone against Jesus. Now Jesus is real, he's resurrected, he's powerful. What's the next step going to be? I mean, he could be waiting for his imminent demise. Right. This could be Jesus is going to kill me. Right. I've I've been persecuting Jesus. Right. So, but he's there, and God appears to Ananias, and God see God uses people to accomplish his salvation. Hmm. Paul at this point is ready to receive the gospel because he's understood God's intervention in his life. Right. God is in control here, but God's going to use a vessel, and so he uses Ananias, and he sends Ananias to this, the location where Saul is. And his response, Ananias' response is really interesting. This, says, this is great. Yeah, verse 13, he says, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. <laughs> so this guy is bad. He's evil. And he was going to persecute me. Like yeah. you're sending me to the guy who's the most evil, wicked, a persecutor of the church. And Jesus, or God responds with, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings mm. and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Yeah, not a, a volunteer instrument. Yeah, so he's chosen by God. God already had a plan. Uh, Saul is not going to be able to thwart God's plan. In fact, God's going to use this instrument of evil and use him for his good purposes. Yeah. So, sorry, I've chosen him. I'm not asking permission. I'm not asking your opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this guy will be an important piece in the puzzle right. um, to bring salvation to the Gentiles. So uh, Ananias goes, and Paul gets saved, right? He, he lays hands on him, and he says, verse 17, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he he's saved. He... Uh, he's gonna, there's going to be a gap though between Saul's, you know, Paul's. We'll now be calling him, but Paul's ministry to his missionary journeys and all that. There's a preparation time. We see that in Galatians, mm -hmm. and he points out there's there's a lot, lot of years between that, um, but we don't see that that gap in the in Acts as easily. Um, but we we see uh, let's see verse. He, oh, sorry, the Jews get confused by Paul. They're they're like wait, verse twenty two. They're they're saying, wait, th this guy is, um, he used to be persecuting the church. Now he's arguing for it. Mm -hmm. But verse 22 says, Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus mm. by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Mm. So a death plot is launched. Yep. Uh, this is a death, death plot. And he is um, lowered by in a, in a basket to escape, uh, to escape this persecution. Yep. So he's, he's lowered outside the walls, escapes. And then he has a hard time because the apostles and the disciples, they don't really know if he's the real deal. I mean, this right. guy maybe he's trying to get inside. Is a trick in? yeah. yeah. So this is where 
um, they would not receive him. But verse 27 says, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly the name of Jesus. So Barnabas becomes that son of encouragement, right? He's an encourager. He's building up. He wants Saul to be this hero in the church. And so he speaks on his behalf, uses his own credibility to bring Paul in. And that's one of the greatest things that he, that's one, that's his legacy. Really? I mean, he will be with him, but, uh, but, but Paul is the main dude in chapter 10. Okay. So there's a switch in chapter 10 where now there's a focus on the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So God has brought salvation to the Jews. He's brought it to the Samaritans who Mm -hmm. are half Jewish. He's brought it even to God fearing Gentiles. Mm -hmm. But can God save those who are outside of the covenant people completely, right? right? Those who are Gentiles. So that's the movement. And what happens is a man named Cornelius sent is, you know, an angel comes to Cornelius to tell him that salvation has come to, to send for Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter, while these guys are on their way to get him, has a vision. So verse 10, chapter 10, says, he was praying on the on the housetop, and verse ten, he became ang- hungry, and wanted something to eat, which is a common thing when you're praying, right? You get get hungry, <laughs> but he fell into a trance, and he saw sees this sheet descending from heaven, and in this sheet are all different kinds of animals, right, including unclean animals. So, verse thirteen, he hears a voice call to him and say, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat." And Peter objects. He says, I've never eaten anything unclean. Why would I kill and eat one of these unclean animals? And verse 15, the lesson is given. It says, what God has made clean, do not call common. Hmm. And this happens three more times. The same vision is given three more times to really hammer it home. And Peter is thinking on these things. And at that moment, Cornelius' men arrive to ask him to come and preach the gospel to them. Hmm. And so... Peter is, is struck by this. He goes with them to Cornelius and he tells them the story of what happened to him. He says he starts off this way in verse 34. Um, well, well, yeah, first he says, verse 28 is an important one. He says, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of a different nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Mm-hmm. So he understands that the point of that is, yes, it does speak to dietary laws being abolished. They're no longer in effect because of Jesus, but we saw that in Mark 7. But this speaking to something greater, which is that God's salvation is to all people and that there's there's no one who's unclean in that Old Testament sense because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So... Um, so he says in verse 34, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, mm-hmm. right? There's no, the, the gospel is given to every person without distinction. There's yeah. not, it's not withheld from certain people because of their ethnicity or their background or marital status, whatever. Yeah. Right? And we saw that at the beginning of Acts with, you know, the Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire and the speaking of tongues, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So he gives the gospel to them. And he ends by saying, verse 43, to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Amen. And the Holy Spirit then falls on the Gentiles. This is very interesting. So there's been a few times the Holy Spirit has fallen, right? Um, Chapter 2, obviously. Yep. 
Uh, we've seen the Holy Spirit given to, to Saul in chapter 9. Yep. We also, we kind of, we didn't really touch on this much, but the Holy Spirit is given to Samaritans in chapter 8. It's sort of implied, hmm. I believe, and they're speaking in tongues is kind of implied. Um, so, and then we'll see it again. Uh, where were we? I, I, I'm trying to think of where the next occurrence is, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. But the, the, the idea here is these, these occurrences of speaking in tongues, it's not you don't see it outside of these kinds of occurrences. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the occurrences happen when there is a distinct movement of the gospel to a new people group. Mm. That's when we're seeing it. So it's a revelation that what happened in at Pentecost to these Jewish disciples is happening to those who are Samaritan, those who are um, Gentile as well. So yeah. that's the progression of the outward expansion of the gospel. Yeah, it's more connected to nation and, you know, like foreignness to like Judaism than it is to well, like a different you know weird tongue or something. Yeah, no. Yeah, so so it's it's a it's a very important in terms of how we understand the gift of tongues. It's not something that's supposed to be normative for the entire history of the church. It's for this specific period as the gospel is expanding and as the apostles are laying that foundation for the church mm-hmm. and bringing with them the signs of apostles, which are miraculous things, speaking in tongues, healings. Right, those are not normative for the church anymore um, because we have that foundation laid and we have the, the revelation of scripture. Are so, you saying God doesn't heal today? Are you saying God cannot heal? No, of course, and God does. Yeah. Not only can he, but he does. Yeah. But it's very different than saying, and, and I think he can give people the gift, you know, the, the experience, I should say, of speaking in tongues or this momentary miracle of speaking in tongues. But a gifting is something different. A gifting is an ongoing ministry in the church. Mm-hmm. The apostles didn't have like just a one-time miracle they had a gift, so they could heal regularly, repeatedly. They could speak in tongues when needed, things like that. So that's very different than what we talk about today when we speak about these miraculous gifts. Right. It, that's not the same thing. So I've, I've had friends who've experienced miracles. Typically, you know, it's been like on missions trips, things like that, or it, when they, you know, friends from different countries that have said, oh, I've experienced this or that. But that's different than saying that's now a normal part of the ongoing ministry of the church. Mm-hmm. You have teaching, you have hospitality, and you have the guy who speaks in tongues. Yeah, you have the guy who heals people. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be down, man. I'd be super down for that. Um, but that's just not not how I see it in terms of the New Testament. No, I agree. So um, we see uh, verse forty-seven is important here. He says, "Can anyone withhold water from baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have?" So the Gentiles are included. There's an equal status. There's not a difference between Jew and Gentile now. Right. Amazing. So this this salvation causes controversy, right? There's a controversy that arises as people were saying, wait, uh, verse 3 of chapter 11, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them, Peter. How, hey, um, this isn't okay, right? right? You're with unclean people. Mm-hmm. And so Peter starts to explain what he experienced in this vision from, from God. He recounts the whole story of how the Jews were saved, or the Gentiles were saved, and this is beginning a shift in the church, right? Verse 17, if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that they that I could stand in God's way? Mm-hmm. And so they they had no answer to this, and they say in verse 18, then, then the Gentiles, sorry, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So they get it, okay? The gospel's going out. Yeah. beyond just the borders of Israel. So the church in Antioch is in chapter 11 there. Um, 
and we see a, a branching out from just Jews to also Hellenists, and and you know Paul uh, or sorry Stephen is is preaching to people outside of the Jewish people, and so this is very important as well. And uh, it says verse twenty one, the hand of the Lord was with him, with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. So uh, this is the first place where the term Christian is used as well. Mm. As Greeks and Jews are both worshiping together, they need a new identifier, yep, which go. becomes becomes Christian. So um, we see the, the recruitment of, of Saul here as well. Verse 25, so Barnabas went to Tarsus and to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So he goes on a recruiting mission and he says, Got him. You're, you're coming to do ministry with me. <laughs> so picking a superstar here. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Chapter 12, there's a theme of Herod in this chapter. Mm-hmm. It's always confusing in the Bible which Herod they're talking about. So you may think like if you're reading, wait, Herod was the guy who killed the babies in Matthew chapter 2 mm-hmm. when Jesus was born. And now it's been you know 33 years. So now how old is this Herod? You know, is he, if he was old back then, how old is he now? Well, it's a different Herod. Yeah. This is actually the grandson of Herod the Great, who was, Herod the Great was just about at the end of his life right. when he was killing the babies. Right. Now Herod, if you remember, I think we discussed this in our intertestamental period video, which if you haven't listened to it, you got to listen to it. Very important. Um, but Herod was this great builder, right? He was, you could just say he was a real estate developer. Um, <laughs> He he was uh, very powerful, very well known. He was sexually immoral. Yes, and as most he of was, them are. and he said, "I I'm so great. You will call me Herod the Great." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying. I'm saying that the, the parallels are just pretty astonishing with Donald Trump. If, if we don't, if we do a video without making fun of Donald Trump or Joe Biden, I feel like we haven't really that's true done or, our job. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, anyway, so so but Herod that Herod is is dead. So this is his grandson. So there's sort of a, he kind of has his sort of kingdom split in different parts for his mm-hmm. different sons and grandchildren. And um, he, this Herod, Herod Agrippa, kills James. So that's that's James yep. the Apostle. Yep. Um, very sad, brother of John. And then he arrests Peter. He's like, the people like this. I'm going to arrest Peter as well. Yep. And so this is, I mean, this is a dangerous thing. Peter, a lot rests on him, a lot rests on Paul. So what happens if Peter gets killed? But the angel delivers Peter. I love to like just go back just a little bit in verse twelve five. So Peter was kept in prison, but the earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. So the church is praying for him, and then like yeah. the after results of that, I think is pretty cool to see the prayer works. Yeah, no, yeah, we have the story of how the angel saves Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Walks him through. Peter thinks it's like a trance, um, but he's delivered, and Herod is obviously upset by this, right? Herod searches for him and, and doesn't find him. And then we have the story at the end of Herod's untimely demise, mm-hmm. which is recorded in history. It's, um, it's recorded, you know, it, it basically he's, well, I won't get into that now, but there's, he definitely has an untimely death that's very interesting. So what happens is um, Herod appears to the people and he's, you know, got all the pomp and circumstance and the people... Verse 22, we're shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. They're like, he's so cool. He's, this is God, right? They're like a bunch of little yep. girls at a Harry Styles concert or something. Um, <laughs> and it says, verse 23, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down, 
because he did not give glory to not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. So he's killed. History tells us that he was, you know, struck down. He was in bed for, for a couple of weeks and then uh, died a horrible, <laughs> horrible, painful death. Bummer. So he didn't give glory to God and so God strikes him down. So God is taking down a ruler that opposes his plan. Mm-hmm. But the next verse, verse 24 says, but the word of God increased and multiplied. Yeah. So Herod is being killed and God's word is coming to life mm-hmm. and expanding and growing. And, uh, and we see an intro to John Mark here as well. Mm-hmm. John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark, comes into the ministry of Barnabas and Saul, or Barnabas and Paul. And uh, His know, name is it's Saul, still Saul in chapter 13. I know, it's still Saul. Like, come on, come on yeah. people. Yeah. Just pick a name, and then it changes to Paul in the middle of chapter 13, and then it never goes yeah. back to Paul. He has two names. Whatever. Yes, yes. Greek name, Hebrew name. Yeah, exactly, Whatever. exactly. So um, we'll go with that, just like John Mark. Chapter 13. Jim well, Bob. <laughs> yes. Jim and John. So Paul and, and Barnabas, Paul, Saul, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, he's, you know. He slowly will become Paul, I guess. Yeah. But Paul uh, is, goes on this first missionary journey with Barnabas, mm-hmm. and they set off, and there's some interesting stuff that happens, but in this chapter we see the sermon that Paul gives at Pisidian Antioch. Mm-hmm. And he begins to speak of the message of salvation. So verse 26, salvation comes up again. And he speaks to how the crucifixion of Jesus is part of the plan of God. Yeah. So again, this theme of the plan of God comes up. Verse 27, he says, For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. Mm. So they tried to stop the plan of God, and instead they perfectly fulfilled the plan of God. Classic. They they missed the scriptures and yet they were unwitting participants in the fulfillment of scriptures. Right. The the sovereignty of God and the plan of God is such a big deal and such a such a clear emphasis in this book. Mm-hmm. And then he quotes from Psalm two again, and he quotes from right the the, the same passage we saw it with Peter earlier, where he talks about David, how David would not see corruption, and yet he says David did see corruption. Right. So there's a lot of lot of parallels with with Peter's sermons. Um, and so he says, verse 38, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Mm. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Yeah. So he, he shows them how Jesus fulfills the law, frees them from these obligations, uh, frees them from the slavery to the law. It's an amazing thing. And then at verse 42, they begged him to come back the next Sabbath. So he's at this synagogue preaching, and they say, come back next week. I guess they didn't have a preaching plan like we do. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah, you can fit you in in six months. But they, they, it's always good to get that second invite, right? You go preach somewhere, <laughs> they might go, oh, shoot, this was a bad idea. Yep. He gets invited again. But as these these Jewish uh, you know, people are listening, the leaders get jealous and begin to stir things up. Yep. And so he says a really important statement in the, the flow of the book of, of Acts. Mm-hmm. He says in verse 46 that essentially he's going to be going to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. He says, Behold, we are tur- turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. So the, the gospel is now moving more and more towards the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Paul, when he goes to different places, he's still going to find the synagogue. Yeah, It's until the very end where there's sort of this absolute statement of my ministry is to the Gentiles. But we'll see this progressively happening is that the gospel is moving more and more towards Gentiles. 
and the inclusion of Gentiles is part of the plan of God. Yeah. And then verse 48 says, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, mm. and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading through the whole region. So again, that theme of the word of God. Right, the God. word is having bearing fruit, and it's spreading, and it's bringing people to salvation in Jesus. Awesome. Yeah. Sovereign God, his word going out, he's in control of all things, and that's how people are saved. Pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us for Daily Gospel. We'll see you next week for the next part of the Book of Acts.